ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to episode number 199. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. The final King of the Ring pay-per-view. It was interesting before this show or the beginning of the show, they're showing all the previous winners. And, man, it's like I think they really screwed this one up. I, I, I just I feel like the King of the Ring, you know, even if you only did the finals of the King and Queen of the Ring on pay-per-view, I just mm. I still think there was value in this brand uh, and not making it a joke. I mean, no offense to like Xavier Woods and the crown, but like, dude, this was this was like you're the guy. OK, yeah. I mean, you're yep. talking Brett, you're talking Owen, Austin, Triple H, Edge, um, Brock, you know, so this this should have been tied to a world title shot, in, in my opinion, and that's who this should have gone to. I mean, to me, this is like a money in the bank type opportunity. But anyways, here we are, final King of the Ring pay-per-view 2002. How do we end up uh, with this match, Jeff? Yeah, so this is one um, kind of really interesting how this played out. We'll get into um, you know a couple different things, but Jericho, uh, this King of the Ring taking place June 2002. But you got to go back a little bit. Uh, actually, the previous year, you had The Rock actually beating Jericho to regain the WCW championship at the time. Um, following that, Jericho attacking The Rock. And so then you had Survivor Series. Jericho had his heel turn. Um, there was Team WWF at that point. And so Team WWF won, but of course, there's still that animosity there. Then you had um, Jericho beating The Rock uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was, of course, the first ever. Was that the in the undis- same night? That was the undisputed championship at that point, too, where he was then uh, Grand Slam winner numero four at that point. So, yeah, that would have been vengeance. Um, and we're getting into now 2002. You had him retaining the title against The Rock at Royal Rumble. And then are you doing also- the build? Are you doing the build without me saying the build? I am because you said, "How do we get into this match?" So I was like, "Hey, we're just gonna we're gonna hop right." Well, you're, we're supposed gonna hop- say, you're supposed to say, "Well, this is why I picked this match." Okay, I, we're I just all it. over the board here, man. I, yeah. I picked this match because it was ranked really high. You do your whole thing after 199 episodes. 199 episodes. This is the first time we've screwed this up. I know. So, you know, it, yeah. So why are we doing this match? Because yeah. it's just a good match. Like, okay. you know, th- 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 that's pretty much what it boils down to. We wanted to do, uh, I actually scheduled this when it was still King of the Ring and not Knight of Champions in Saudi uh, Arabia. And yeah. so um, I didn't want to change because there is still, I've always said this, like there's a lot of good King of the Ring matches that we don't cover for one reason or another. And so I wanted to make sure that we were doing King of the Ring matches. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just don't understand with like you know as much TV time as you have to fill, why you wouldn't use use this use a tournament. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, and there's there's different ways you could do it too because you could say 
hey, we're gonna put we're gonna put the Intercontinental Champion into the King of the Ring, and the title is gonna be on the line. So, like, technically, you know, it could bounce around a few times, and the winner would be the the. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's stuff you could do with this. So more, more stakes to it. Yeah, you can resume your build now yes. because Thank it's you. time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. Okay. So would you like to would you like to run down the card first? And so we'll uh, well I'll get into that. Oh, yeah, That's okay. you, you, you skip that too. All right. Yep. And so yeah. go ahead. Tell us where we're at. Tell us what the card is. Cause I don't I've again, this is my first week. I'm still learning how to do this thing. So it's okay. I'll tell you what, you know, it's it's we're we're recording this at, at 10 o'clock in the morning your time. It's not even late. I know. Sounds like, sounds like you've been you've been hitting the bottom. Right. Yep. It's not just water I'm drinking right now. Yep. Holy hell. So yep. Columbus, Ohio, Nationwide Arena. One of my you ever been there, Jeff? I have not. I've driven by it, but not been inside. It is smack dab in the middle of downtown. This great, uh, they call it the arena district, great bars, restaurants, all walking. It's just, it's one of my favorite arena setups, um, you know, for hockey, wrestling, whatever. It's just a great, great spot. So love it. 15,000 in attendance, um, June 23rd, 2002, just a few weeks after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I did not go to this show, though. So... Uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, Jr. and uh, Lawler are on commentary here, and um, like like I said, you know, you look at obviously Lesnar is going to win um, this King of the Ring, but you know, you you look at these winners and what it did. I mean, a few months later, and and this one Jeff was actually for a title shot, yep. so they they did this well, and it's just hard to believe that a year later it's gone. I I, I would assume they were upset with the buy rate. I mean, three hundred twenty thousand buys. Maybe they just thought that the you know, the concept was stale. But uh, the dark match, Hardy Boys are going to defeat Raven and Stevie Richards. This match opens our show. Then we had Lesnar and Test. We had Jamie Noble winning the uh, Cruiserweight Championship against Hurricane. Ric Flair is going to defeat Eddie Guerrero in 17 minutes. Um, Molly Holly is going to win the uh, Women's Championship in a five-minute barn burner over the greatest women's wrestler of all time, Trish Stratus, heel Trish in 2023. Didn't see that coming. Here we are again. Yep. For, and I can't, we'd have to go back and maybe we watch this match at some point. This may have been the first time Hulk Hogan ever tapped out in his career, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Kurt Angle taps out Hulk Hogan um, uh, with the ankle lock. Then the uh, finals of the King of the Ring, I won't give it away who he wrestled, but Brock Lesnar is going to win against one of the uh, two competitors uh, in the match we're going to cover. And then the main event, Undertaker retains the Undisputed Championship against Triple H in 23 minutes. So pretty fun show, man. A lot a lot happening here. I mean, Flair Guerrero, Angle uh, Hulk Hogan, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, so resume storyline standpoint, why these two were in a match together and, and how we got to this King of the Ring uh, match. 
Yes. So getting into going back into it, they I'll just sum it up of Jericho, The Rock and Austin having a lot of matches from late 2001 into 2002. Um, his big match, uh, it would have been WrestleMania 18 X eight, um, losing the title to Triple H in the main event of that show. Um Draft season. After that, we get back, right back into draft season. Had it again this year. Had it back then as well, too. This was the, and I had forgotten this, it was the inaugural draft in 2002. Um, and so Jericho moving over to um, SmackDown at this point. You had him uh, involved a little bit uh, at Backlash as well, too, getting into it with Triple H at his match. Um, and so that was the match against Hollywood Hogan at that point. Um, it was Triple H would lose. And then you also had a Hell in a Cell match with Jericho and Triple H um, at Judgment Day where Triple H winning that one as well, too. So him and Rob Van Dam really not uh in each other's kind of world really at all up till this point so what was rob van dam doing uh he was actually drafted to raw at this point he was the number four pick that's a nice pick for him good job um you had him beating the intercontinental championship or intercontinental champion uh booker t um and so he started feuding with Guerrero because Guerrero got involved in that match as well, too. And so he had the championship. He lost it to Guerrero. Um, they had a rematch as well, too. It's insurrection losing by or winning by DQ. And so there was no title change on that one. The Judgment Day show where you had the Hell in a Cell with Jericho and Triple H. Van Dam actually had another match against Guerrero at that one. And then leading up to as well, a it was actually just an episode of Raw with Van Dam beating Guerrero in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. So weird, he didn't win it at the pay per view, but he did win it on Raw. And so, um, and then you get the King of the Ring tournament. And so these guys really, you know, they may have had a match here or there, but you know, Jericho was really feuding at the top of the card with Austin Rock and Triple H. Uh, RVD was having a nice back and forth with Guerrero for the Intercontinental Championship. Nothing to complain about there. There, well, um, kind of doing that. You know, th that's just kind of how this played out, how it worked out. And so, and then you get the tournament. So one thing to remember too, is, is I kind of broke down the bracket a little bit. You do have, um, how they laid it out a little bit, both, uh, it kind of taking on each other for their various brands. So while it started, the uh, the TV rounds started with Raw versus Raw, SmackDown versus SmackDown at this point. It, whether intentional or not, I'm kind of looking at the bracket overall here. Like on the other side, you did have Brock and Test. So Brock representing Raw and Test representing SmackDown. And then you have Jericho representing SmackDown and Rob Van Dam representing Raw. And so, um, but yeah, so just kind of a little back and forth this is where you start to see some crossover on this point. But yeah, that, not a ton of, of uh, build between these guys but for king of the ring you don't really need it because you can build the stories after that so that's where that's how we got to the bill at this point i mean two hall of famers this this uh this is probably gonna be pretty damn good i'm looking forward to this I would hey, hope. that picture of rvd recently uh i don't know yeah Maybe. he gave he gave up sugar oh yeah success ripped yep. i i i still I don't know, man. At some point, I'd like to see him, I, I, you know, back in a ring 
I love him. All right, yeah, he's still out there. Him and his wife, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He can he can still go. All right, uh, King of the Ring 2002 season 10 episode one on Peacock. King of the Ring 2002. We are at the five minute mark. We're at the opening match. Jeff, are you ready? Let's do it. I said, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. I got two words for you. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. They've got to win two matches here tonight to be totally successful. They've got to win two matches to become the 2002 King of the Ring. And Rob Van Dam, he can wave that Intercontinental title all he wants to, but it doesn't mean anything tonight, RVD. This is all about being King of the Ring. Looks great. Oh, RVD looks Young, great. The, the, both guys. Yeah, the uh, um, the the spray painted uh, singlet looks great as always mm-hmm. for RVD. Dude, crowd's pretty hot. Test Brock Lesnar. What's going happen right after this? I understand. You know, you say, well, oh, gosh, I wish they would have done more with RVD. They did. He got arrested. I mean, he yeah. him the damn world title. He was so over. It's just, ugh. Just- he was so great. I always enjoyed seeing him in the ring. He's so fast. He moves just like like nobody you, you know, really even nowadays. Like just how he moves is different. Like he did, you know, Detroit guy like me as well, too. And so always, you know, I know he'd always pop up him and Rhino like doing shows there and stuff like that. And so or just kind of pop in things, you know, so that's always great to see. But um, yeah, I think that like it's just these high kicks. I was always just super impressed with who he was and what he did, like just uh, you could speak to, I guess, how on the scale of like, you know, one to 10, how extreme maybe we need to watch more RVD and ACW, but like, I feel like he was on the lower end of the very extreme with like weapons and things like that. Like not, like he had some crazy matches. Uh, he was very high flying there as well too. But I feel like in regards to just some of the bloody kind of massacre type matches we, we think about, I feel like he wasn't in a lot of those. Agreed. Okay. Yep. Agreed. Um, man, what a what a fast start here. What a, what a great. I mean, this is this is an opening. So they're on the same page. Like, two guys that are over. They're going to move fast. You know, it's just it's going to be. I, I mean, this is you know, you're not going to see a bunch of rest holds and stuff. This is just going to be a, a a great match. He's got such a good uh, kind of mock. Oh my gosh, that was a standing kick to his face. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um. The RVD, like the point and stuff like that. I think it's just a perfect gimmick too. Like, you know, a part of his gimmick of just getting the crowd on your side, stuff like that. I just think it's great. Uh yeah, we're moving real fast here with both these guys. Like you said, hot opener. Yeah, our RVD's one really like one of my, I don't know, I mean, top 15, 20 guys ever. I mean, just in mm-hmm. terms, I just I love the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I only only wish we could have, you know, I, I I wish that world title run would have gone a little bit longer. But man, what a what a moment when he won that that uh, title at the ECW uh, mm-hmm. second one night stand. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, a, a question came up recently. I saw on Twitter, who's the MVP of AEW, and the question was centered around Jericho and Punk. Um, what do you think Jericho means to AEW? Uh, far more than Punk. I th- yes. like. I I think Punk. You know, whatever happens with you know all that, but 
I feel like Jericho has, you know, and I remember you and I were together when he won the first title belt for them. And at the time it was like, what the hell? Like, you know, but also like in retrospect, it makes a ton of sense. Like, you know, put it on the guy that can give it some, some gravitas that can, you know, hold the belt. We got La Champion from some of those things. We got all these different things that, you know, are now ingrained in the history of AEW because of what Jericho did. I think that like the guy can still go. Um, I think, you know, I don't think he's even that, you know, while he's in a stable, he's not protected. Like he goes out there and has matches all the time. Like he's cutting promos, he's doing all kinds of stuff. And so I think in that regard, like, um, yeah, it's hard to argue. And like he has, at least I can't remember someone, the internet will correct me if I'm wrong here. Like Mox has taken time off. Guys have come and gone like just, you know, for kids or family or vacation or whatever, or just, they didn't have anything. So they weren't on TV. Jericho is really consistently. I can't think of a time where he was off of AEW TV for an extended length of time for a personal reason. Like, plus he's doing maybe like the cruise or something like that, but he's doing the Jericho cruise, like, and they're putting on a show there, which is always a big hit. So I just like, the, the dude is a workhorse. Like he absolutely, like, I think he loves it. Like, you know, being in that role I, from what I've, you know, some of the backstage stuff you hear about too, like he is a true locker room leader when there's issues. Like he is the kind of the wrestler's court of some of that type of stuff. I just, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have, you know, thought that maybe when AEW was first starting, but now that we're where we are, like, how can you just not be a fan of the work that the guy has done? Yeah. You know, I, that's what I like about Jericho is just, I mean, the, the, the body of work, right. I mean, he's kind of him. And I think Austin were like the two, two first podcasters in the wrestling space. If I, I mean, at least like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. big time, um, you know, Jericho with the band and his body of work as a wrestler and transforming his character so many times. I mean, look at the Chris Jericho you're looking at right here. Mm. You know, different hair, different tights, different gimmick, different music. You know, God love RVD, but that what you're looking at there is what he's come out to for 30 years. You know, right. I mean, what, what, what was one of the greatest kind of debut pops ever was the Y2J stuff. Oh, like, like, oh, like, you know, how do you not rank that, you know, near the top of them all? Like it, it's incredible. And like the whole thing. And while even if fans knew kind of what was happening, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jericho, I mean, I think he's met, I think his, his value to AEW can't be stated enough. Like people forget, you know, he signed with them really early on and yep. that was like their big signing and, Oh, well, yeah, but they had the young bucks and Cody Omega or Kenny Omega and Cody Rose. Those guys are nothing compared to Chris Jericho in terms of, you know, it's not about you and I, okay? It's about our buddy that, you know, occasionally watches wrestling going, oh, shit, Chris Jericho. Oh, AEW, what's that? Like, that's that's so much more valuable than the Young Bucks. Right. Again, they're, they're great, and I get all that. But, like, what Chris Jericho meant to AEW, you know, and there was no, it's not like, oh, well, you know, when they, they, they signed Chris Jericho and Goldberg and Sting and Hulk Hogan. No, it was just Chris Jericho. That was the only guy 
that was a big name that was, you know, with them initially, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream wrestling name. These guys, they have been nonstop in the ring at this point. They are oh, back and forth. They're off the top ropes. They're just, they're having a real physical match at this point, a real good match too. So, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I look at it too. It's, it's going to feel weird to say this. I'm not looking to, to, you know, for people to come at me at this, but like Jericho's faction is really a mid card faction. Like he's not going for the top belts. They're not like, you know, they, while well, they've got some things happening, like he doesn't have, you know, the pillars of AEW. Um, you know, it's not the bucks. It's not Omega. Like he's not really feuding with them. Like, and so I think it's interesting. Like, I think that that kind of goes unsaid. I say mid card, but like at the same, like he's helping guys get over. Like who wouldn't want to be paired with Chris Jericho in that situation? You know, even if you've got a couple years, but you're trying to, you know, get your name and stuff like that. Like, man, like, you know, same with like Billy Gunn and, you know, the guns and stuff like that. Like the scissor me stuff is gigantic. And so, um, I, you know, I love that stuff, but you know, with this, like, I think that him just the, the work that he's doing and like, it's really unmatched. It really is. So I think I've asked you this before yeah, too. What a, oh, what a great kick, dude! I'm telling you, yeah. that that jumping kick is crazy. You just don't see people like maybe AJ, but he's not getting the height. He's not like like I feel like it's just cleaner when Rob Van Dam's doing it. It's crazy. So yeah, um, I've asked you this before. It's been a while. I'll ask you. I'll ask you again. I probably think we all know your answer, but like, will we see Jericho in a WWE ring again? I I, I have to imagine that he will something yeah i mean i could also but i you know I, I could see a situation where you know i mean he 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 ends up spending five years in AEW and says hey i'm, I'm going to be loyal to tony and i'll do my retirement match you know i mean that's the thing if, you know like filling wembley stadium and and you know doing these i mean it's a big enough platform that I could see, you know, it's one thing when you say, Oh, I don't want my last match to be in TNA on a soundstage. I get that. But I mean, yeah. if you're talking, you know, Arthur Ashe and Wembley and, you know, arenas, I mean, AEW is a big enough stage where, you know, I think for a guy like Jericho or Goldberg or, you know, CM Punk to say, Hey, my final match is going to be here. I don't think that's a, a bad thing. Plus, you know that, you know, maybe not punk, but for the most part, you know, like Jericho, he'll get the invite to do the WWE Hall of Fame. So, you know, you do that and you wave your hand. And if you really want to have a match there, you probably could. So, um, yeah, interesting. I would think the door is, especially with Vince still there, I would think the door is a little open. So, yeah, yeah. Jericho are good. Yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing too. You know, we talk about. Um, I think we were talking about last week, but oh, you know, Vince being around. All people want to do is dwell on what they think are the negatives, and I agree that him, you know, putzing around with creative may have a negative effect. But what's the positive of Vince? You know, it's not like Triple H has the same relationship and connection with every guy. Okay, right. there's going to be guys like an FTR or, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of other examples, especially some of the younger guys where like, they may, they may gravitate more towards triple H, right? Like, yeah. Malachi black may be more likely to come back to WWE because of triple H than he would Vince. Okay. 
But at the same time, there's guys that they're loyal to Vince. And, and I think you mentioned it. You said if Vince calls Taker, he'll grab his boots and be out there this weekend wrestling. Yep. Okay. Uh, so with Sean, Austin, uh, you know, I mean, you, you go through all these guys where you're like, yeah, they, they would run through a wall for Vince if he really needed it. Yeah. So, you know, Jericho, I mean, if Vince says, hey, it's time to come home or it's time to, you know, we want, we want to do a proper retirement for you or we want to put you in the Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. So there, there's value in that. Like there's value in having that guy, even if he, you know, you know, has some negative um, issues too. Great little roll up here, Rob Van Dam. Oh, wow. Well, no. Going for the walls and wow. uh, Jericho and couldn't get it. Yeah. 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 Really getting into it. Um, I don't, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting, especially for some of these, like, um, I think overall, like, you know, I feel it's almost like a Saudi show type five of like Endeavor, you know, after buying all them and stuff, like they're going to want to see those people too. Like, this is like when, when Cody came back to WWE, you didn't change any of the package. You knew he went, oh, using the ropes here. Nope. Uh, you didn't want to change any of it because he got over with that. And so I think it's the same way, like bringing these guys back. It's definitely the opportunity, like, you know, of re-engaging some of those laps fans or just creating a moment too. Yeah. Jericho going lion salt there, miss it. But he just looks great. They're just both moving crisp. Like. Oh, missed it. Van Dam missed a five-star frog splash. Can Jericho capitalize? Hitting the line, so I'll go for it again. Yep, here we go. It's interesting. Going back and looking at um, Van Dam's just um, matches, like over his career, um, yep. and, and looking at the star ratings that Melzer gave him. Yeah, Meltzer was not an RVD fan. Uh, yes, correct. He only had two matches that were above four. So EC, his ECW matches, okay? He had two four-and-a-quarter star matches against Jerry Lynn, which many would say were five-star matches and out of this world, right? Yep. Okay. The next best thing he had was a three-and-three-quarter star match against Bam Bam Bigelow. Huh. Yeah, like, you know, you just, it feels weird. Yeah. Like, how does he not have some higher ranked ones? Right. Yeah, I mean, all his top matches were Survivor Series, Money in the Bank, TLC, Elimination Chamber. I mean, his top singles match was four and a quarter against Jerry Lynn. I, again, I find that hard to believe. Yep, and this match, uh, you know, a little bit, of, it won't break four, but, you know, it's like they're putting on a good show here, especially this, this opening match. You got to remember that. Like, this is a hot, this is a hot start to the show. Instinctively. Uh, oh, no! And Van Dam caught the five-star. Van Dam caught the five-star. Will it be? Yes, it is. Yeah, there you go. I love that guy in the fourth row with the art, the giant RVD poster board, like with the arms out, like he's going for the point. That's a, that's a good, uh, good poster right there. 
There you go, hot opener, man. Yeah, I mean, like, and think about ECW one night stand wasn't for. I think the first one was 05 and the second one was 06. That's like three years after this, man. You forget how long RVD was in WWE. Right. You know, I mean, he came in in 2001. Had a hell of a run, man. Interesting. Yep. Cool. Let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? The match was better than I would have thought, like, especially for an opener. Like, I knew that it was going to be a good match, but I was actually really impressed with how good the match was. How about you? Loved it. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So with this, like Jericho, he actually ended up going on, uh, of course, losing this one. And so he would uh, actually feud. Uh, it was a debuting wrestler. Uh, I, I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, John Cena. John Cena. Yes. And so the two of them uh, starting a feud um, after that feud, he actually went over to the raw brand from SmackDown uh, because, you know, with stuff with Stephanie McMahon, didn't want to have uh, her as general manager to him. And so uh, it started a feud with Ric Flair at that point where the two of them ended up with a match at SummerSlam. So just, you know, kind of good stuff. Um you had him and Christian actually winning the tag titles and losing them the Booker T and Goldust. It was a fatal four match with the Dudleys and then William Regal and Lance Storm and Armageddon as well, too. So just you know, a lot of interesting stuff. And this immediate post, I don't know if you still have it on. So Jerry Lawler actually came in and was going to do an interview with Rob Van Dam, but Jericho has now got uh RVD locked in the walls of Jericho um and kind of you know beating him up as well too which would lead to the later this evening you know maybe a part of it as well too uh him and Brock taking on each other in the finals of the King of the Ring he ended up losing uh that match of course um and so did uh defend his Intercontinental Championship against Lesnar though a couple times and retaining it and so he actually got a few up on Brock uh back it was actually Raw and Vengeance uh, and then he ended up winning. Uh, it was the uh, first and only time uh, the European Championship when they still had that. Yeah, look what a monster. Are you still watching this? Yes, I am. Yep. Brock looks like a freaking monster. Scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no tattoos either, which is funny. And so, um, so it was a uh, you had the. Um, Intercontinental and the European Championship. And so this was a title unification match. And so with him beating Jeff Hardy, it was actually a ladder match uh, on Raw. Again, a lot of tag titles, or a lot, excuse me, a lot of titles changing hands on Raw at this point. Um, you had the Intercontinental Championship merging with the European, remaining the Intercontinental um, after he beat Jeff Hardy to win both belts at that point. So already nice little, I say, mid-card kind of run. Like, nothing wrong with that. So, um, and speaking, like, so... I'll kind of spoil it here. Like Meltzer gave this one three and three quarter stars. Rob Van Dam, according to PWI in 2002, was the number one wrestler in the world. Wow. Uh, which crazy. Yeah. Jericho was number four. I did not realize RVD was that high. It's insane to me. And so, um, but this was by a long shot, the best match of the night. It said, aside from Jericho and Rob Van Dam as the opener, there were no standout matches, even though most were technically decent. Easily the, sto the show stealer. Finish saw Jericho crotched and, 
Rob on the ropes and Rob Van Dam hitting the frog splash for the pin after the match at a major angle. Uh, Lawler went to the ring to re- interview Van Dam as they as if they ever do that. This gave Jericho the chance to jump Van Dam from behind and give him a form of reverse hangman's neck breaker on the walls. Uh, they should have had Van Dam sell the injury as well as the announcer sell the injury when Rob Van Dam came out later for this match with Lesnar, quote unquote, hurt. Uh, since neither sold the injury later, I've got no clue why they even bothered with this other than the annoying parody deal which basically keeps everyone on the same level three and three quarter stars so tom where are you going to rank this one i'll give this a uh i'll give this a seven um you know really solid match and two in my mind first ballot hall of famers and i i just really enjoyed it i mean again it wasn't like off the charts unbelievable but Good story, hot opener, good crowd. Yeah, I too am at a seven. I would have loved more of this. Um, I think that this is like they did it. That was a great match. Like that, if you're looking for just like a technical kind of great match, like that is one. Like that's crazy. And so um, at the match itself, I would rank higher. But since there wasn't a whole lot of story, since there wasn't a whole lot going on, um, I'm going to just stick with the seven on this one. But still really good. One one. You did a good job picking that out. Yay. I know. Next week, though, another big one. 200, but we got a good one lined up. Number 200. I'm excited to cover that match, and it's pretty cool to be at 200 episodes. Who would have thunk, man? I know. So crazy. All right. Well, send, send him home happy. I will. Appreciate everyone listening, and make sure to tune in next week for episode 200 of The Panther.